0: Yo, what's up, everybody? This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. Um, you're here with your boys, Marky Mark and Noah. That's
1: <laughs> right. Well. Yeah, it's
0: Noah. And um, today we're going to be talking about something probably somewhat sick of hearing about on the news, but we're going to relate it to everyday life. Um, yes, this COVID-19, as of this recording, is still going on, um, but we're starting to see some backlash on both sides. We're starting to see people get fed up, with this lockdown, we live in California. Different states are doing things differently, but we're starting to see, especially Christians, you know, we need to get back in our churches, you know, and and they're rallying and they're, you know, protesting. Some peacefully, some already meeting in their churches. And pastors have gone to jail and this and that. And there's even businesses that have opened up, you know, despite the the laws. But then the other side of things says. Do we submit to authority, but is that allowing the world to walk all over us? And where do we find that middle ground? Because the Bible, although different contexts in different scriptures, you see things about submitting, but then you also see things about standing your ground. And and how do we go about that? And how do we use this, not just for COVID-19, but in any situation? How do we know when it is best to submit? How do we know when it is best to stand our ground? And how do we know, in one sense, like, is this going to benefit my relationship with my secular friends and reaching them for God? Or just going to hinder it? What does God, what does God's word say about all this? And we're going to say some viewpoints that maybe you disagree with. That's okay, but this isn't just used for this pandemic. This can be used for any, um, any type of thing going on um, right. with you in your life or the government or at your work in a time of crisis. And um, we're just gonna dig right into it. Uh, Noah's gonna start, he's got some scripture. We're gonna go one side
1: and then we'll talk about the other side. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna get right into it. Right, Um, so I wanna start by reading from Romans uh, chapter 13, which for most of us when we talk about government and submitting to authority, this is probably the verse that comes to most people's mind. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verse one through seven. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for excuse me, for conscious sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So right there, right off the bat, we see that you know, Paul is making it very clear that you know, rulers and authority and, you know, government is put in place by God for the sake of rewarding the good and, more importantly, punishing evil. And I think on this first point of where do Christians stand with the law and with authority, I think obviously there there is a calling to obey the law, right? Not only just because you should, but, you know, Paul is telling us, You know, these people are here for a reason, right? Most laws are based off of uh, biblical laws anyways. So if you're following the commands of God, odds are you're going to be following the laws of your country anyways. But the point is, is that in situations like these, you know, where's that line between obeying the government and not obeying the government? And we should always err on the side of, you know we should be obeying authority, you know. I think that should be our first thought is I might not agree necessarily with a law, but the Bible does say obey authority, respect your authority, pay your taxes, do these things, you know. And as as a Christian, if you're trying to find ways to circumnavigate the law, you don't pay your taxes, you skip out on... I know who you are.
0: (laughs) Right. I don't work for the IRS, but I know who you are.
1: Yeah, it can be easy sometimes, you know, especially if you like... If your salary is paid in cash or something like that, you know, if you don't have a set salary, it can be easy to fudge numbers or lie or things like that. And not only is that dishonest, but it's going against the authority of the land. And as Christians, we're called to do that, you know. Also, from an outside perspective, if you're somebody who, even little things like you speed or you, like say you fudge numbers on taxes or something small that might not be that big of a deal, in the eyes of somebody else, they look at you and say, This person's a Christian, but they can't even follow the laws of the land, right? You know, it's just a bad look for Christians. It's a bad look as a person, you know. We're called to follow the laws, and that's about it, (laughs) you
0: know. Yeah, I I agree. The verse I have for this um, right here is in 1 Corinthians. And some of you might know what I'm getting at. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, uh, chapter 9, verse... I'm going to start with verse um, 19 right here. I got it for you. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law as without law not being without law toward God but under law toward Christ that I might win those who are without law to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you and it's basically he's talking about being everything in every situation to people First off, he says, I am free from all men. Goes on to say that I might win the more. Paul, like even people in America today, we're free to do whatever we want. But bringing people to Jesus was more important to him than using his freedom selfishly. And you can say, what does that have to do with the pandemic or or future crisis? Because if we're going to look at the submission side, which is what we're on now, if you have friends, family members, maybe you're still working coworkers, they don't they're not a believer they claim to be christian but they're not or they don't go to church and they're freaking out over this pandemic me personally i think this thing's been overblown i think there's a lot of conspiracy theories behind it. i'm not going to get into but um i know people who are scared they're afraid and out of respect for them um i know in um in some areas i don't think it's an area but in some areas they've loosened the we highly recommend you wear a mask. It went from mandatory to highly recommend. I know some cities they put that back on. We have to have it on. But like when I walk around outside, I have it off. But when I go into a store that I know doesn't care, still out of respect, I put it on. Why? Because I don't want I don't want to be that guy to someone else. Like if someone's afraid or someone's scared, I, I want to just be kind and and be nice because. I want to try to win all people. If my coworkers are struggling and they're scared <clears throat> and they don't know what's going to happen, and I walk around like, "Oh, this is overblown," and, and how can you be so scared of this? Yeah, I might believe that, but how is that going to reach them for the gospel? Right. It, you know, that that's not I'm not being sensitive. To them. He goes on to say to the Jews, "I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews." You know, the people on the outside. It might have looked like Paul was living some inconsistent life. He's a Gentile here. He's a Jew here. He does this. He does that. But he, he was consistent in one thing, to win people to Jesus. If you're on the submission side of things, or you're thinking about, what do I do? Should we submit? Um, if you best want to reach people for Jesus, which aside from you obtaining salvation, one of the greatest things we need to do is reach people. The greatest thing we need to do in general is accept Jesus to our life, not just raise your hand and pray, prayer, but sincerely accept him. But then we need to reach people. And it's hard to reach people if we're creating a ruckus, we're protesting, right. you know, and this is the submission side. I'm not saying one way or the other. We'll get to the other side, but that's what it is. And if you're protesting saying we want our freedoms back, and you think the government's being oppressive, taking control. From the submission side of things, think of your friends that really are scared. Maybe believe what they see on the news, and they're scared. And you standing there with a the protest sign is isn't going to lead them to Christ. Right. Your protest sign, your stupid protest sign, is not going to lead them to God. It's just not going to do that. But we need to do our best to reach people. And if we're going to do our best to reach people, um, we can't do things that... Maybe people think we're bad people. Maybe people think we're judgmental or we're harsh because of the way we're living, because we have certain beliefs. And um, I like what it says here, love this quote. It said, Paul sought to win people to Jesus Christ by being sensitive to their needs Mm -hmm. and identifying with them. We should try to reach people where they are today and expect to see changes later. If my friends or my coworkers, like I'm still working right now. I only work with like one or two people usually, but right now. But if I'm working with them and they want me to wear a mask, even if no one's around and I don't think it's a big deal, I'm going to wear a mask. If people, you know, if, if that's what they want, because I'm going to better reach them. If I say, oh, this is stupid, oh, who cares? And they're freaking out about it. Or they have older family that they're worried about and they see me being careless, how is that going to better reach them? Right, and you say, man, all of the submission talk. You're just talking about reaching people, but when we submit to authority, that's how we best reach people. I mean, you think of Jesus; he submitted himself to dying to the cross. Did he have to? No, he's Jesus. He could do whatever he wants.
1: Right.
0: He was fully God, fully man. He could have. He could have started a war. He could have snapped his fingers, and and God could have came. Out. And it, all this stuff could happen. But no, he chose. You can get into debates about theology, but he chose to carry that cross and die on it for us. Right. Because he was sensitive to our needs and he cared about our identity and he loved us and he wanted to identify with people, so he laid himself down. He laid his life down for us. During this pandemic or during your next future crisis, why not just take the extra step be sensitive to those around you? Right. Why not take the next step and just love on people, even though it might be half. And you say they're infringing on our rights. People are losing their businesses. I get it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it, on the submissive side, we need to learn to be submissive. We need to learn to follow the government because that's how we're going to best reach people. Right. Um, I like where it, what it also says here. Um, now this I do for the gospel's sake that's the last point he basically was saying the whole time I will do what I have to do for the gospel's sake it's like if you want me if they have some rituals obviously if they go against the Bible we're not going to do that but if there's some type of traditions they have in their culture when I go there I'm, I'll, I'll do that
1: right.
0: and if I go to another city and they have different rituals again if it doesn't go against the Bible but maybe they do something before they eat or whatever I'm going to do that Think if you're an American and you decide to become a missionary in Africa. But, or you can take anywhere, China, wherever. And you um, don't adapt to their culture. You come into this country in Africa, you try to tell them about God in English. You try to tell them about the Bible and all, but you do it your way. You don't, you try to live off on your own, in your own place. You got all this money stored. You build your own thing. You're away from them. And you try to reach them for your Jesus. Right. not the Jesus of the universe, of the Bible, that's not going to go well. The best missionaries I've seen, they, they, through time and prayer and kindness and acts of love, they were able to move in to those communities. They lived in huts and houses similar to those. They, they, they did the same things. The people got up early and they washed their clothes or these different things, they did those things with them because they wanted to be a part of the community to reach them. If you act like you're better than people... Or if you say I'm going to go reach people for Jesus, but then you're on the you're on the front lines with picket signs, saying things and we want our freedom back, and yet you know some of your coworkers are worried about this, and then a week later you try to tell them about God. How's that going to sit with them? When yeah, they're going to be people you reach out to who have different beliefs you on many different things, whether it be serious or whether it be like sports and food. But if there are things your friends, your coworkers, your family members are sensitive to. And by you taking a stand against this and not submitting, and you're going against their sensitivity, you're going against the things that they feel, that could hinder an to reach them. And I know Christians are like it's not about feelings. It's about reaching people for Jesus. But people don't want to hear about your Jesus, but you don't care about their feelings. Right. That's the reality of it, people. You shove the Bible down their throat when all they wanted was just an arm over their shoulder, telling them, hey, I'm here to listen and I'm here for you. Now, obviously in this, in this COVID-19, we're not putting our arms around people's shoulders right now, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. people talk too much instead of just submitting. If people learn to listen, instead of blabbing their mouth, we would reach more people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where submission comes in. This COVID-19, put down our picket signs. We're sensitive to those around us. I think that's when we can better reach the people around us because this will pass. How many times do we have a war? How many times throughout these years we had, the, we had the Great Depression, we had 9-11, and all the Cold War, all these things. People predicting the end of the world, and guess what? We still got through it. Yeah, there's always going to be that one time when God does come back, and it is the end of the world. But until then, we will get through it. Right. So why not be sensitive to the needs of those around us, rather than trying to gain back some freedoms that, in the long run, what does it matter? Because in third world countries, there are underground churches where they have no freedom. And they're preaching the gospel and they're loving on people. And here in America, we lose, we lose um, our appointment to get our hair done. And we're complaining about it. We need to learn to submit to authority. Now, before I, I close, I have to know this is just the one side. I'm not saying we take this side. I'm not saying we take the submission side. I'm just, we're just giving you this one side of the submission aspect of in a crisis. Do we just submit to the government? Or do we stand up and fight? And this is kind of our view at least on the submission. I don't know if
1: Noah's got final thoughts on the submission side or if he wants to go over to the next one. Yeah, I did have one thought. You mentioned how Jesus submitted um, during the crucifixion, but I also thought about another example, and I can't remember the exact uh, point in the gospel where this is, but where they have to pay the temple tax and he could have very easily said no or you know, give reasons why it wasn't right or why he didn't qualify for it, whatever. You know, there was no reason Jesus needed to pay the temple tax, but it was the rule of the land; it was the custom, and he did it anyways because he knew that, you know, rather than resisting and creating problems, he knew that, you know, it'd be better for him and his teachings if he submitted. Kind of like what you were saying.
0: You well, and, and he took it a step further because I forget what disciple he was with, but he paid for his and that yeah. disciple's. Yeah. He went a step further. Right. To do that. And why not put our mask on? Why not be
1: very sensitive and go above and beyond for even, these people? Even though he had zero reason to pay it, yeah. it was part of that submission and part of that following the rules. And he, up he knows all things. So yeah. he could
0: have easily told
1: the Pharisees and the leaders why he didn't need to do it and put them in their place. Because right. he's
0: God and he knows all things. Yet he didn't because <clears throat> he wanted to
1: submit. Right. So I just thought that example I wanted to throw in. Um, but anyways, we're going to move on now and pivot to the other side of... This conversation which is not obeying the law and is there any reason for it or any time for it or if so when do we do out all that stuff um the verse that came to my mind that i want to read is acts chapter 5 verse 27 through 29 when they had brought them they stood there before the council the high priest questioned them saying we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in his name and yet you have filled jerusalem with your teachings and intend to bring this man's blood upon us, but Peter and the apostles answered, "We must obey God rather than men." Uh, on the surface, this sounds somewhat contradictory to what me and Mark D just said in Romans and First Corinthians, but on the you know deeper than that, there's some truth here, and what Luke is saying in Acts at the end, he says, "We must obey God rather than man." So yes. It's important that we obey the rule of law and obey the laws and customs of the land. But our first responsibility is to God, right? We're first citizens of heaven, then citizens of whatever country we're in. So if you are in a country and they give you a law or a command that violates the law of the Bible, our first responsibility is to the Bible, not to our country, right. right? You know, if we if we can just throw aside the laws of the Bible because of what our government says, then what's the point? You know, how can our Bible be higher than what the government says if we don't listen to it? Which is not true. The Bible is the highest authority. So there is a certain area where obeying the government no longer applies if the government no longer adheres to the Bible. And it can be a tricky thing to distinguish, distinguish sometimes— whether or not you know the government is still adhering to the Bible or not, or you know when is it okay to do that, but I think the clear thing is that if there's anything that the Bible tells you to do that you cannot do because of the government, or vice versa, then no, you don't obey the law. Um, the the best example, Mark, you mentioned it, but you kind of went past it was churches in like the Middle East, right, where it's illegal to own a Bible. Preach the Bible, read the Bible, but they still do it, right? Yeah. That's a perfect example of a situation where the law says you can't read the Bible or own a Bible, but obviously we don't obey those laws because you know our higher authority is God, not government. And you know the question is, how does that apply with this quarantine and things like that? Um, and I'll share a few thoughts on that in a moment. But there is a period of time where. We do need to disobey the government if the government is in violation of the Bible.
0: Yeah, and my passage comes from Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, um, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a part in verse 3 um, where I'm just going to read part of it where he where he says, so the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Nebuchadnezzar set up this thing of gold. Mm-hmm. Scholars debate if it really was in Daniel 3, if it was Daniel 2, when it, like, around that time would happen. happened. But he gets all these people together. Well, when it says all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image. It's basically like he's demanding that all come to the dedication ceremony, and it means that Nebuchadnezzar meant to use this, the, 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 meant to use the worship of this image as a test of allegiance. Right. You know, if we back down from the perspective of, you know, we're just going to submit, we're not going to stand up, people can take that as a weak Christian, or you're, if, if you don't fight, then you're showing your allegiance to Governor Gavin Newsom in California, or whatever your, your state leaders are in their lockdown. You know, so somebody said, we need to stand up. They're taking, they're taking everything away from us. And as you know in the story, these three, they stood up. Um, they, the the Meshach, Shachar, and Bendigo, they, they were brought forth. And it goes on to say, um, where is it? I have it here. Um, yeah, yeah, so it says here, um, that certain uh, Chaldeans, I'm probably botched in that name came forward and accused the Jews because there were some some people who were mad that the three men were probably not going to uh, lay down they weren't going to worship the image they weren't right. going to do that and it says certain Chaldeans came forward and accused, and, and accused the Jews because they had not paid due, they did not uh, respect the king uh, these guys were coming to the king and saying they're not respecting you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up, That's what it says. So it, it, I, the verse I just quoted, certain children came forward and accused the Jews. Well, these people had an obvious political motivation against these Jews who were prompted to high office along with Daniel in the events recorded in the previous chapter. These three guys, along with Daniel, were put up in a high position. Right. And now these other people who don't like them, are telling the king they're going against the orders. They're not worshiping. They're not bowing down to the image, and it's a political motivation. And people who are standing up right now can sit part of their point of view. Christians who are fighting back and say, "This our government's trying to take hold. Our government's trying to control. They they tell us what businesses are essential, what business not essential. And if you if you do not bow down, you're going to get fined." There's that lady who was a salon owner in Texas, and they told her. You know, your business basically is not essential. It's like a lot of businesses you're going to have to close down. Well, she got fed up with it because her stylists were were going broke. They, they you know, they get paid by by working. So she said, I'm going to reopen on a certain day. And they said, you got to close it down. And then she said, I'm not going to do that. So then she opened up for a whole week. And then eventually she got taken to court for it. Right. And they said, um, if you close it down I think you know, the punishment would be very minimal but we need to ask you to close it down and on the microphone in court not even you know her lawyers when I mean, she stood up politely just said, hey you know my people this is how we make a living and she said I cannot apologize because that was what she was supposed to do. I cannot apologize for for reopening and whatever punishment you have for me I will take that punishment. But I'm not going to apologize for something that I I don't believe in." So because she was open seven days, they fined her $1,000 a day, so $7,000. And then they gave her like a week or two weeks or something of jail time, but she got out early because people fought for her. And then Senator Ted Cruz, when she reopened up again, he was like the first person to come in and get a haircut from them. And she stood her ground. Now, that was more political motivating in the sense that this is government, this is, you know, and people fighting and say they're taking away our rights. But if they were just picking at the church, maybe, but there's a lot of businesses who they're out right now. But that, I guess that's the motivation of those who want to fight back. Kind of like Meshach, Shadrach, Venego, who would not sit down, right. would not bow down. There are people who want to fight back because they're losing their businesses you know, they want to be sensitive, like we said earlier, maybe there's Christians who really want to be sensitive and want to identify with the non-believers and help reach them but at the end of the day, they also got to pay their rent and they also got to support their children and they also got to be able to have money for food on the table to eat and they, if they bow down to this government long enough they're going to be more things taken away from us there's going to be more things that will be taken because when they fatten us up, they give us these twelve hundred dollar check and then there's talks they might do it again. And then they're just fattening us up and making us feel good, just enough to where they can hold on longer, crash the economy, and that's why there are people who want to fight because they feel like their rights are being taken away. There are churches who are standing up and fighting because they, they believe that, yeah, we can still do our online services, yeah, we can still do these, some states and counties driving services, but what happens when the next, pandemic or next thing happens, which will probably be in two years when there's another election. But what happens when that happens again? What if they take away even more rights? What if they say, you know, you can't even meet at all for some reason? What if they say, hey, we don't want you doing stuff online that's not fair for businesses who, like a haircut place, can't do haircuts online, obviously. So why should you be able to provide your church services online when other businesses can't? They could take it a whole step further so i get why people are standing up i get why people are fighting just with my ending statement is that the best scenario to take in reaching your friends but at the same time do we just let the government roll all over us and become a walking pad you know and and just let them do
1: whatever they want yeah I would. for me i'm kind of focusing more on the uh the spiritual side of things because i know we have different different uh in political views so i'm not going to touch that side of the argument too much don't worry neither of us <laughs> are far left democrats no if you're listening and you're a democrat i'm sorry
0: <laughs> write us uh, an email uh but neither of us are democrats
1: right but what i was thinking of more though is in terms of specifically the spiritual things right like church gatherings things like that and i do think there is a time where yeah, you do need to make a stand. You know, Daniel made a stand when he couldn't pray anymore and he kept praying anyways. He got thrown in the lion's den. You had uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they got thrown in the fire. So there is a time where the government steps in the way of our ability to obey the commands of God, and those are the times where we need to step up and disobey those laws. You know, in this specific situation with the shutting down of churches and things like that, I agree that this could get worse in the future with the next crisis, but right now, there's nothing that the government's doing that's preventing us from, you know, uploading these podcasts or live streaming our services or, you know, starting an online Bible study with people you know. You know, these things can still happen. We still have those that luxury and that ability to do those things. Yeah, we can't meet in a physical church building, but it's not like we can no longer meet in church. You know, we still have our Bibles, we still have our, you know, congregations and our pastors and all that stuff. So I think that in this particular moment, no, I don't think this is a reason to stand up and fight and say, you know, we're not going to obey this and start having church services and whatnot. Because I think we kind of talked about it a few podcasts ago, but I think it's a bad look when we try to fight these orders and, you know, argue that our church meetings are far more important than everything else, you know yes it's important and we need it but we can hold off we can survive on other means but if the government were to come out and say you know what no more uh, no services can be uploaded online or something like that yeah we would fight you know something like that but in this particular circumstance i think we submit we find other ways we adapt and you know eventually things will get back to normal and you know move on from there well, and so we kind of went
0: over both the submissive side and the standing up side. And I get it. Some people want to stand up and they want to fight this because it's their religious freedom. But newsflash, it, it, as sad as it is to say, over the years, and in my personal opinion, depending on who's running, who, who's our president, who's uh, running the House and the, and the, what's the other one, the House? and the, Senate. And the, thank you, Senate. Um, depending on who's doing that over the years we, we are tending to lose religious freedoms already anyways here and there, in my opinion certain presidents, certain years, certain times they, they do things that hinder Christians it is what it is for years now, you see Planned Parenthood getting my freaking paycheck <laughs> you know, given to them yet, a place in our area called Refuge Pregnancy Center that's a pro-life clinic and helps uh, women um, in crisis and gives them many options. Does nothing abortion related, yet they don't get a single dime from the government. If you know we've been facing persecution for years. Back in the Bible days, they met in houses. Yet we're complaining that we we can only meet online. Right. You know, in our air conditioned room, <laughs> while we have a soda in our hand, you know, a hot pocket in our other hand, a Bible on our lap, and we're watching the sermon. We can stop it and go to the bathroom and come... Like, we have it nice. Yeah. We have it nice. And and you can say, but they're taking everything away from us. Why don't you go tell that? As an American, why don't you go tell that to these missionaries in third world countries? Why don't you go complain to them about how they're taking away our, our ability to meet together? Why don't you go complain to them that we can only meet online? Why don't you go complain to them... How you can only have your bible out in your house or at the park alone six feet away from people when they can't even have their bible out in public at all because if someone sees it it'll be taken away and they will be slaughtered if if they even have a bible yeah (laughs) if they even have a bible so all you christians i think you know where i'm getting my side is submit and you can say they're taking away our rights what what rights are they taking away our right to assemble and meet yeah i get it like like the six feet rule is ridiculous because you can be in an aisle in Walmart with ten people in that same aisle, no one bats an eye. And then when you go to get in line, they have these markers where you're six feet apart, and it makes no sense. I get it. I think it's stupid. But and but is fighting back gonna reach my friends? Is fighting back gonna reach the people around me that don't believe in God? Probably not. I mean, those who are sensitive to it, it's not gonna reach them. It's just gonna annoy them. And they're gonna they. If I post stuff on the internet, and then when I reach them, try to reach them later, they're gonna see these things like. They might not mention it, but they'll be like, this guy, he's just, I I, I don't like how he is. I don't like, like you are like you might be kind-hearted to people, but then you take these issues and it, people just might not look at you like that. Okay. And their view of you is already going to be skewed because they, if they're not a Christian, they're going to think of you differently already. And that could be for better or for worse. And so I just think we need to submit. Keep watching your videos, um, uh, the videos, like at just we're doing online videos. Keep, you know, doing the drive-in service. Your churches do that. And follow the law. And if you say, but they're going to close down churches right now, like completely, what's stopping you from reading your Bible with your family in your homes? What's stopping you from um, you and, and your neighbor, your friend, and in, in Zooming or Zoom, whatever, and, or FaceTime on your phones with a group of people, you know, your family and another family, and abide by the rules but still have a Bible study? Right. Have someone on Zoom lead the worship while the other person just gives their thoughts on a, on a couple verses, and then you guys share together. It's not rocket science. <laughs> if you need the church to be a Christian, if you need the church to reach people, like the actual building itself, then you got it all backwards. Right. Because in Bible times, there was people getting reached, people getting saved, people getting healed, and they didn't have a church building at every other street corner like we do now with 10,000 different denominations. They didn't have that. Right. So in reality, go out and be a Christian. Abide by... These laws and just serve the kingdom, serve the people. Do whatever it takes to reach people, and you're not going to do it by on, on the on the front lines with your stupid sign. Like let, let's be real here. You can say I'm fighting for my freedoms with that picket sign. God doesn't hate so much that you're you're fighting for your freedoms. He hates what you write on your stupid picket sign. <laughs> he hates that you're standing up for stuff, thinking you're sticking it to the man, and really you're just being insensitive to those around you who are hurt and broken and could, this could be a great opportunity to reach people for Jesus and you're blowing it because you care more about how much you hate Governor Gavin Newsom how much you hate um, Raul Raiz, I mean I'm talking California how you hate your political leaders and, and this lockdown you're spending so much time focused on that instead of being focused on who you can reach for Jesus in this opportune time and then the last thing I want to say is how many churches that were not, you know, like tech savvy. Our church was not tech savvy. We had, a, we had a website that was decent looking, but a few years old. We uploaded YouTube videos for the weekend service, but it was like pretty generic, not bad, not really good quality. You know, now because of this pandemic, we've been putting out little two-minute uh, inspirational Bible verses called A Promise and a Prayer every day. Yeah. You know, we're putting out two messages. Uh, one, we have two pastors, and they're both putting out a message, one that comes out on Saturday, one that comes out on Sunday. And normally at our church, if you went to a Saturday service, you probably weren't going to come Sunday. And if you went Sunday, you probably didn't go Saturday night. And now they can hear two messages from two different pastors throughout the week. We have a, a praying to the Psalms 25-minute video once a week where we have worship, and, they, and we, we pray through the Psalms that we put out on YouTube. We, right. At our church, we, have a live, we live stream our midweek prayer service. And there are people who have families and kids who were never able to go on Wednesday nights because of school or they're getting off work late, but now they can chime in on their phones right. and do these things. How many churches never did tech stuff and now they were forced to get into tech into technology age because they weren't going to have a service if they didn't? How many churches now have so many more outlets to reach people because of this pandemic? God is using it. Right. He might not be using you because you're acting like an idiot right now, <laughs> but he is using the resources of the church he is using these things around us to reach more people and to encourage more people and we could be the icing on the cake we could be the tip of the iceberg of reaching these people for christ after all that's being done but we're throwing it away by our disdain for our political leaders and putting up picket signs that's just my take we could be reaching people but instead we're focused on a pandemic that even though I think it's faulty I I think people have died but I don't think it's a big deal I think lives are a big deal but I think it will pass I think they've made it bigger deal than not to fear people but I know it will pass and because I know it will pass let's just spend time reaching people being sensitive to the needs of others checking in on our neighbors if they're older especially seeing if they need anything and being there for people texting people calling people our church leaders now that we're in this pandemic, they've just been spending time in the office, going down the list and calling people in the church. Hey, how you been? How you doing? Are you holding up? Okay.
1: That's what we should be doing. Right. And one more thing I want to add just in terms of practically what we can be doing, because I know you mentioned some people might be worried about, you know, what if this gets worse? Or, you know, we do need the church building or things like that. You know, two things I want to say is that one, it can be tough to determine when do we need a stand up and when we don't because sometimes it's clear right if the government says you can no longer own a bible that's a very clear disobey that law but sometimes it might be more gray you know something like what we're facing now might be gray for some people Um, it's important obviously to pray before you take any action to go protest or you know criticize a law or disobey a law it's important to pray and obviously don't take that decision lightheartedly um, but the second thing I want to say, and we'll not get too sidetracked here, is that this just reminds us that it's important that we are paying attention to who our leaders are and what's going on in, in government because, as Paul says in Romans, you know, the authority is put there by God, right? These leaders are appointed by God, they're there by God, and they're under God, and we should pay attention to who those leaders are, you know? And if you're not somebody who votes or pays attention to politics, I would encourage you to at least know enough that you can make a vote when it comes time to vote, you know, because I wouldn't be surprised at all if 20 years from now. Right. And all the churches are closed in the United States and you can't worship God anymore. And people are like, man, we should have done something about this when they don't vote. You know what I mean? And my point is, is that, you know, I honestly don't care who you vote for, but you should vote. You should go out. You should be informed and, and, you know, take action now so that we don't have to protest, we don't have to disobey laws, we don't have to take those extreme actions in the future by doing something now that can be proactive. And you know, on top of what Marky said about reaching people and taking this time to reach, I think we should also be proactive to avoid the, these situations happening in the future.
0: Yeah, and, and I would add to that really quick is I can't stand when people are like, we shouldn't watch the news, it's all in there, I can't watch it. But then they always complain about what's going on. Right. But if you're aware of what's going on, one, you can better pray. And I'm not saying you have to watch Fox or CNN or MSNBC or KESQ. I'm not saying you have to be all up on it. But people complain about our government and our leaders. And then they say, I'm so tired, I'm not going to watch the news. I don't want any part of it. But then they still complain about the people in authority. Right. That, that makes no sense to me. In this pandemic, we're seeing how real some of our leaders are. If you don't like it, you know, submit to them while we're here and then use your freedom to stand up and vote. Right. And I know that might be off top, but actually I think it fits with this because, you know, things come and go. And if we don't like in California, if we don't like how they handled this pandemic, then we need to pray and consider, you know, how to vote and who to vote for the next time around, you know, and, and see this country change. We say, oh, it's all in God's hands, it's not us. No, it, he's given us the freedom to vote. We need to be wise how we do that, just like how we need to be wise with our bodies, what we put in, what we put out of it every day. We need to be wise with who we elect into leadership and who we take out. Right. I know that's out of our control sometimes, with you know, um, with non-believers and how they vote, or how the Democratic Party somehow finds um, dead people to, to vote. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. Um, so that's my closing thoughts. We shared both sides. Um, you got any other final words? No, that was my closing thoughts. Good. Good. So, because we're about out of time. So, um, thank you guys. If you uh, like what you heard, again, this was both submissive and standing up sides of a pandemic and future crisis. If you got any questions, concerns, email us, brokenestfaith at gmail.com or underscore 2 faith at Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you guys for listening so much. Eventually, we're going to go back to two a month instead of once every week. But we appreciate you guys. Give us some feedback. We love you. Thank you. Have a great night.